0: Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare, a medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine. He is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, folks. Well, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to Dr. Luis Sandoval's as always i am dr sandoval here happy to be talking to our catholic audience and anybody who's listening really you know it's so nice to really more than anything else share our faith we have big feasts coming up big feasts in our uh religious liturgical year and you know in the middle of advent here um it's such a it's such a nice time you know it's a time of sacrifice it's a time where we wonder Am I ready for the Christ child? Am I ready for the Christ child in my heart? What am I supposed to do during this time of Advent? How am I supposed to um, express my faith? How am I supposed to, really more than anything else, um, prepare for Christmas? Am I ready for Christ to come? Well, what do we do when we're challenged? What do we do when the challenge comes to our faith or when we feel we're challenged? Let's talk about that in today's show. Let's start with the angels here at the top of the noon hour. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, the Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Saint Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray unto thou, O Prince of the Heavenly hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Folks, you know, in the middle of our celebration, because Advent, yes, of course, is a time of sacrifice. We don't go to Christmas parties per se yet, um, or at least we're not celebrating Christmas yet. It would be like celebrating your birthday early. Um, It's still a time of joy, though. It's still a time of, I think, joyful sacrifice is what I would call it. lot of times we think that sacrifice has to be all you know burlap saps and ashes on our foreheads and of course in Lent that always comes to mind but more than anything else how do you prepare for a new member of the family to come into the house Well, you know i think about i think back to when my wife was pregnant we found out the first time and um with our first child and it was it was surreal more than anything else it was like wow this is really happening um, it made me really appreciate, you know, as a doctor, I'd helped uh, help moms deliver babies and uh, whatnot, and been there and seen the exams and the ultrasounds, and you know, it becomes very routine. It becomes very scientific. And let's look at the baby. Let's look at the, um, what's going on. Are you healthy? Are you not healthy? Uh, and then, you know, I can see why it would be easy to, more than anything else. Think of this baby as a specimen. Do you want it? Do you not want it? Uh, The mom's choice. I I can see how all that happens. But the reality is, I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying I can see how we can get so scientific we get God out of the picture. But back to admin, what I remember is when we found out we were pregnant, it was so surreal. It was just like, wow, this is really happening. Like there's a brand new little person inside of you right now. And that little test told us that. And now we're going to go to the doctor's office to double check and make sure. Because well you know you gotta take take it again just in case this is exciting wow there's a whole new little person coming in okay first I'm happy and then I'm like oh my gosh we're not ready I gotta clean my room I gotta we gotta get a crib we we need to start to prepare this child is coming and little did I know how much a little child really needs all of a sudden we need to have you know different diaper bags and different you know this crib and then a changing table or this or that and. You know, we get so caught up in all that that at the end of the day, when the baby came, how much of that stuff did we really use? The crib we used, the diapers we used, half the other stuff we didn't use. You know, we think we're preparing. We think that we need all these different things um, to get ready. And then at the end of the day, the baby just needed us to hold her, needed us. My daughter, she just needed a, a change of diapers, feed her, hold her, make sure she was okay, tend to her when she was crying, make sure she wasn't sick. And that was it. She didn't know she was in a crib. She didn't know she was on a mattress on the floor. She didn't know much of anything. All she knew is that she had a mom and a dad who were gonna take care of her and love her. And babies know this. Babies know this from the womb. Baby know this from the time of conception, believe it or not. Um, the organism itself is growing in a healthy way. The the two cells, as soon as they, they join and divide, you got a human being there. There's no question about it. There's It's not a frog, that's for sure. It was a human being made by human beings. And they know right away, the cells know if they're healthy or not. How do we know that? Well, it's the same way in our bodies when we eat. We know, they say, you are what you eat. You know if your cells are healthy or not. You know if, you're, if you've are if you been exercising eating well, you're like, wow, I feel really good. Why? Because everything's moving correctly. Same thing with the baby. If the mom's in a good place and she's not um, you know, feeling too stressed out, we never want to stress out the, the pregnant mom and, and have her relax because those cells are already getting that sense of... What's healthy? What's not healthy? If they're loved, not loved. If they're wanted, not wanted. And I think the same thing comes true for Advent. You know, we're preparing for the child to come. We're preparing for Christ to be born. You know, here at the home, what do we do? We set up our manger scene. Well, we have multiple manger scenes, nativity sets, are one of my little uh, addictions, if you will. You know, a lot of my wife's like, how many nativity scenes do you need? I'm like, how many do you not you know, that's our conversations <laughs> because I love nativity scenes. I think they're just so beautiful. I think they're a, a huge reminder of why we're Catholic, of how it all started, of why, it, what the purpose was. Remember, this goes back to Genesis. I mean, we started thinking, oh, sure, we can look at the the narrative stories and the gospel of, of Luke, and we can look at, you know, the different gospels and see what it talked about with um, Jesus being born. But the reality is the birth of Christ was announced in the book of Genesis in the proto when Jesus when God told Adam and Eve when he was talking actually when he told the devil um hey we're gonna have, there's a, there's a little bit of a problem here now the lady's gonna have a child and there's gonna be a whole space between you guys and her offspring's gonna get you and she's gonna step on your head you know that's all there is to it that was the announcement of hey there's gonna be a birth here and it's gonna be pretty darn important And every time I look at a manger manger scene, I remember that. I remember, wow, this was the promise. The promise was kept. You know, God keeps his promises. There's no question about it. I need to have enough faith to realize that God's going to keep his promises. Am I ready for that? Do I, how do I prepare for that? How do I prepare knowing that, hey, I got to do what's right here. I got to do what's right in my heart. I got to get the diapers ready. I got to get the cribs. I'm going to do all these different things, right? Because that's what Jesus needs. At the end of the day, I think Jesus just needs an open heart, uh, open mind, um, idea of faith in his direction. And I say in his direction because, as we see, during this time when we're preparing, we are going to be challenged. How do we know? If you listen to the show last week, we talked a little bit about um, the challenges of knowing that, you know, the Satanic temple is going to come up and they're going to put up their different displays and whatnot. But how do we handle it? It's not... It's not an easy question because, uh, an easy question to answer. There's no, there's no one right answer per se. We have to look in our hearts and we have to say, Hey, what is it that I want to do? Well, this came up because recently there was this article. Let me read it to you guys a little bit. And this is the title of the article Satanic Display Inside Iowa State Capitol. And make no mistake, this was a, I guess they would call it a Christmas display. Um, uh, but the satanic display inside the Iowa State Capitol was destroyed. And a man was charged, you know, that's what the official says. It says, state police said that a man was charged with criminal mischief after tearing down the statue. So I guess it was a statue um, that they had put up in the state capitol. Now, are we shocked? Are we surprised? Well, no, that's going to be the argument. This is where I would, I would hate for our audience to be shocked or surprised by this. Every time Christ shows up, the devil's going to want To put his face on a poster and say hey i'm the big show because remember he suffers from the sin of pride there's no question about it can't be shown up if he thinks that somebody calls him on something well he's gonna do what what's he called he's also called he has another title every time you're gonna call him on something he's gonna do one thing he's gonna accuse he's gonna be the accuser he's gonna be like well no 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 get that focus off of me i gotta focus on everybody else and you say no you're doing pretty bad here oh no look at all these people Get that line right off of how bad i am don't look at the fact that i turned god away or that i turned away from god and uh you know we I decided not to serve him don't look at that look at everything else well let's see here what happened in this situation The article says the satanic temple display inside of the iowa state capitol was destroyed on thursday according to police this is very recent um a spokesperson for the iowa state police told fox news digital that the gentleman by the name Michael Cassidy, 35 years old, he was arrested and allegedly tearing down, after allegedly tearing down the Iowa Satanic Temple's uh display. They displayed a demon, is really what they did. And they were saying, hey, this is Christmas time, let's display a demon. Well, here's the interesting thing, folks. When we think about the manger scene, you know, was the devil around? Probably. I mean, we have all the angels. Singing the praises and choruses of the newborn child, but was the devil around? The devil's always around. Did he know it was a Christ child? Probably not. Not at that point, because he didn't even know it was Jesus when he was, until later on. You know, and if we read the 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 gospel narratives, we'll see. He wasn't sure. You know, he challenged him in the desert, and he's like, "Wait, is this you? Is this is this the guy I've been waiting for?" You know, kind of the way we're always, you know, the Catholic circles were always going, "Oh no, there's going to be an antichrist coming. Is this him? Is this him or not?" Aren't we always aware? You gotta remember, we're not we shouldn't be scared. We're the ones who shouldn't be scared. It's the the kingdom of hell who's scared and wondering, is this is this the savior? Is this Jesus? How are they gonna know? Well, they're always gonna be around them, right? They're gonna be around every childbirth. <laughs> All right, folks, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval show. Before the break, we were talking about what do we do when our faith is challenged? One of the things to consider is, you know, we're in the season of Advent. This is a time where we want to slow down and just kind of prepare, take things pretty easily, um, and really start to prepare for the Christ child. But does that mean that we're not going to be challenged? Does that mean that we're not going to face um, scrutiny? That we're not going to face criticism well before the break we're reading this article of course the satanic temple's got to show itself and say hey you guys don't get the full stage you're not the only ones who are going to um prepare for christmas because guess what we're preparing to we're preparing to challenge you we're preparing to shake things up i think that's more than anything else what they want well let's see what happened here it says The Satan temple display inside the Iowa state Capitol was destroyed on Thursday. We read about that. And this gentleman named Michael Cassidy, he's 35 years old. He was arrested after allegedly tearing down the, the display that had a statue of a demon there. And of course it was supposed to be themed as Christmas. Now he was charged with fourth degree criminal mischief. I'm no lawyer. I'm not sure what the fourth degree criminal mischief means. Um, but let's see what happens here. It says in a text message, uh, he confirmed that he tore down the satanic display. So he's honest about it. He's saying, yeah, I did that. I went in there and I tore it down. And it was erected the week before by the satanic temple of Iowa to represent the group's right to religious freedom. Now that's an interesting take on it. Let's see here. This is what uh, Michael Cassidy has to say about that. He says it was extremely anti-Christian. Cassidy told Fox News Digital when Asked why he tore the statue down. So let's look at two different things. You know, when we look at the what they're talking about, so one of it says the satanic temples take, does the devil really have a voice? Do we give him do we give him a mic? Um, unfortunately, people do, and this is one of the, the challenges is that should we ever give the devil a mic? No, not really, because all he's gonna do is lie, and so there's just gonna be confusion there. Um, even when it appears that he's telling the truth, this is why our audience I always say you know people get very very intrigued by um deliverance ministries exorcisms dark sides and encounters with the diabolical people are very intrigued by that and i think more than anything else i used to get frustrated and think why are you so intrigued by that it's not it's not fun um but it is intriguing and i think more than anything else you know our souls our hearts really want to see the dimension of the spiritual world and sometimes we kind of don't care what form it comes in like if it comes from the dark side hey there's a reality there it's almost like being able to witness a miracle so to speak you know it's a window into the the spiritual side of things that we're always talking about um but when it comes from something dark unfortunately or or fortunately or what we should do is just kind of ignore it more than anything else um find out where christ is in the picture make sure that We try to make it go away. Uh, And I think more than anything, that's what people really want. There's a part of us that is there's a curiosity there naturally, Uh, but we don't want to fall into ease curiosity. We don't want to fall into the curiosity where we enter into dialogue, where we enter into a quest for knowledge, or, or we start to want to get so intrigued that we're enveloped by all that is diabolical, and we forget to be intrigued and surprised by the everyday miracles that Christ has around us. So, but the arguments here are interesting. You know, the Satanic Temple saying that, why did they put it on there? They said it was to represent the group's right to religious freedom. Hmm. But yet it's a Christmas display. It's supposed to be a Christmas display. It had nothing to do with Christmas. It was, notice that they're not saying, oh, we're we're doing this to represent Christmas. We're doing this to represent um, the holiday. No, this is about religious freedom um, per their display. And then why did this gentleman tear it down? He said, because it was anti-Christian. Because it's actually attacking my beliefs. It's actually attacking my religion. Part of our religious freedom here in this country is that we're allowed to have religious freedom so long as we're not going to interfere with uh, another person's religion or that we're not going to just try to destroy or harm another person or it's not going to hurt another party. And and this is where the battle is. It's the age-old battle. It's the battle from the beginning of when the angels fell from heaven. It's the battle of hey, you can't have your own uh, religion here. We're not going to let you be at peace uh, with being um, Catholic. We're not going to let you be at peace, thinking that you're going to just celebrate without there being some kind of a retaliatory stance. So what happened here? It says Cassidy previously ran an unsuccessful campaign in 2022 to unseat Representative Michael Guest, who was a Republican from Mississippi, and it says the former congressional candidate didn't elaborate on why he tore the statue down, but posted a Bible verse Thursday night uh, on one of the online social media uh, streaming sites after he was charged. And this is what he said. So he said he posted First Peter 5.8. Um, he noted that it was from the King James Bible. And he said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, has as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. And so he posted that, you know, it's interesting uh, to say one of the challenges is that in today's day and age, are we supposed to even allow, be allowed to say that? Gosh, you know, everybody should have a platform and you shouldn't uh, tear anybody down or, or get anybody upset or anything like that. You know, it's one of the, the challenges that we face. Uh, but there is something to be said for religious freedom and freedom of speech, because otherwise, we wouldn't be able to speak you know if uh, they make a point they're the, the devil's crafty they're going to use the law um of course because they're going to say hey if you get a chance to speak we get a chance to speak and that's true I mean that that's part of the truth that's where the devil's going to use the truth to his advantage however let's recall that every word we say is going to be need to be justified in before God um and did we Speak the truth did we speak, did we build up the kingdom of God as we were speaking the truth? All these things we're going to have to answer to um what was the purpose? what was the intent in our heart of our displays, if you will, um before the eyes of God, not before the eyes of anybody else. So here's what it says. It says in the Facebook post, the Satanic Temple of Iowa wrote that the display was beyond repair, and this is what they said. You know, we asked for the safety visitors traveled together and use this, uh, whatever they, you know, their rules are as a reminder for empathy and the knowledge and justice is being pursued in the correct way through legal means. You know, they have all these really nice things. And then they say, happy holidays, hail the bad guy, shall we say. Happy holidays. They're not going to say Merry Christmas. They're not going to say anything like that, right? Because they know what Christmas is about. There's no question about it there. Um, And then it goes on, the article goes on to say, Iowa Republican governor uh, condemned the display's presence, but said it should be countered with more speech. Like uh, Like many people from Iowa, I find the satanic temple display in the Capitol absolutely objectionable. That's what she said. And she's the governor, you know, she's like, this is objectionable. In a free society, the best response to objectionable speech is more speech. And I encourage all those of faith to join me today in prayer over the Capitol and recognizing the Nativity scene that will be on display—the true reason for the season. I agree with her. I agree with her 100. percent Listen to what she's saying. She's saying, "Hey, if they're going to have a speech, they're going to have free speech. They're going to have legal uh, words. Then we have the same thing." And I encourage everybody to join me in praying and recognizing that it will be that the Nativity scene will be on display—the true reason for the season. You know, where else are you going to get a governor like that? There's there's going to be challenges all the time. And says, co-founder of the Satanic Temple, Lucian Greaves, previously told the channel that the display would remain up for two weeks. He says, we're going to really relish the opportunity to be represented in a public forum. Now, keep in mind, what's this public forum? This is, we're preparing for the child, like we said earlier in the show. You know, this is a preparation for the child. This is a preparation for us to focus on Christ, What is the purpose of this display, more than anything else? It says, we don't have a church on every street corner. They want to be recognized. My feeling is, if people don't like our display in public forums, they don't have to engage with them. They don't have to view them. Well, that's just it, though. How many times can we make that same argument without anybody getting upset? How many times have we been told that we cannot have crosses? Uh, on certain buildings, shall we say government buildings, public buildings. I remember there was a time where somebody put up a display of the Ten Commandments in a government space and they were said, hey, you can't do that. This is public space. You can't bring in your religion here. Hey, if you have uh, um, crosses on buildings, you got to get rid of that. You're, you can't do that. How many times have we heard that? There's always going to be a challenge to that. Are we allowed to say, you know, if you don't like our displays, you just don't have to view them, but we're going to put them up. No, we're actually meant to take them down because there's somebody found offense to them. The question is, if I find offense to a display by the satanic temple, just like this gentleman did, am I allowed to say, hey, this has to come down? You know, Michael Cassidy went in there and he tore it down. Is that the best approach? Here's the thing. The devil wants you to lose your cool. That's all there is to it. He's already going to win. Do I leave the display up there or am I able to say, you know what? I think we need to have a a much bigger, better reminder, not because I'm challenging the diabolical, but because I'm truly going to express to God what I think of God, you know, that's the other thing that happens, you know, well, let's just say we should have a beautiful nativity scene so that nothing else even matters, you know, and that's how we prepare for Christ in our heart. All these things that happen, all these challenges, they're going to happen You know, the Satanic Temple is going to put up their displays. That's just going to happen every year. Am I shocked by it every year? Yes. There's a part of it of me that will be shocked every year. There's a part of me that will be upset every year. There's a part of me that will always want to have that removed. There's no question about it. Why? Because I'm Catholic at heart and because my heart belongs to God. And anything that displays tearing down God, bringing down God's temple, being in opposition to God is going to be, it's not going to sit right with anybody. It doesn't sit right with heaven. But what's my response? If I lose my cool, the devil won. If I go over there and I say, hey, I have to destroy all this and I have to make a big scene and I have to scream and shout um, against the diabolical, then they're winning because they're saying, you know how they say in the press, no news, is no, no, uh, no, what do they say? No, no press is bad press. No advertisements, bad advertisement, positive or negative. I got, I got my name out there. That was the point. The devil won't say the same thing. It's not about bad press or good press. It's, hey, you got our name out there. Hey, so we're on this article now. We're in the news because somebody destroyed our temple. We are the victims. Somebody destroyed our display. We're not doing anything. We're just saying, hey, it's free speech. We're not trying to harm anybody. Well, no, implicitly, this is what it is. It's anything from um, the diabolical it really just existed from its, from the beginning to oppose God. And that's what's very, very challenging for us as Catholics. We have to remember how... Do we fight this well here's the challenge to our our viewers our listeners i would say this sometimes we're going to see these displays and and they're going to come up especially christmas time maybe easter uh, we'll have to check in again together here on easter time and say is there another displays another challenge i wouldn't be surprised here's the bigger challenge for us though i would say what about on the day today what about how do i challenge them on the day today because this is going to keep happening it's not something new it's not something you know every year this has been going on it's not the first christmas that we see these displays happening and how do i how am i able to come upon um the birth of christ with the idea of i got all these distractions well here's the reality folks this is my challenge to all of my listeners these distractions are going to happen well, I'll tell you what, we're going to be coming up on the break here. But after the break, we're going to talk about what's the challenge and how do we overcome this? Because the reality of life is, is you know, we want to be our, have our hearts ready for Christ and nothing else. We don't want to be moved in such a way that we're shocked all the time, that we um, that we don't even know, um, that we lose focus on Christmas. All right, folks, we'll talk more after the break. All right, folks, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. Today, we're talking about what do we do when we get challenged during our Advent season as we're preparing, as we're sacrificing. What is it that we do to continue that preparation to not get um, distracted? You know, the devil is going to want to distract us all the time. There's no question about it. That's the biggest thing. And then here's the bigger question what do we get so distracted that we fall? What if we get so distracted that we fall into sin because all of a sudden sin looked tempting? We, really feel, we either feel that we were tricked or, gosh, unfortunately, we just kind of decided, you know what, I'm going to indulge in this. Um, that happens. That's, that's a, At the end of the day, that's what happens. I don't think that's a time for uh, anybody to be turned away at all. I think that that's a time for us to look at the reality and say, yeah, that's that's what happens. It's almost like uh, if anybody's ever had any uh, problems with drug addiction or anything like that, I know that. Uh, I've helped out as a physician with, uh, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, drug addiction programs, and things like that. And what we always say about recovery, you know, they always say, well, relapse is part of recovery. What does that mean? That, gosh, you were hooked on drugs, you were, um, you know, addicted to these things, you you swear that you want them to go away, you never want to do them again, you're on a good path, and then all of a sudden there's a moment of relapse. And what do we tell the people when they relapse, when they start doing drugs again? Ah, I was praying not to, I know that they're not good for me, but... Gosh, it was there was something so tempting about it. And I I tried it again. What do we do at that point? Do we tell them, well, you're out of here, you're fired, um, don't come back? No. What we say is, all right, we we understand that this happens. This is this is the whole reason we're here. We're not here because we're perfect. We're here because you've got this addiction to drugs and you need help. And there's gonna be moments where we know you're gonna relapse because we're human, we're not perfect, that's gonna happen. We need to have a contingency plan for that. The contingency plan is come back, get back on the horse, get started. Start at square one and build your way back up there's no question about it um that that's what they do I think as Catholics that's kind of how we have to look at ourselves we're in a gigantic recovery group you know that's the fall of Adam and Eve it's not like um original sin it's not like I'm forced to sin it's just the reality of human nature you know by by default we're not in that garden we want to get to the garden but we're going to be in recovery. Why? Because we're all addicted to sin at one point or another. Um, that's why the confessional line is there. That's why they have confessions. That's why. And you know, a lot of people get frustrated. Dr. Sandoval, why do I keep confessing the same sins over and over and over? Because you're in because you're addicted to that. Whatever I'm in, when I go to the confessional, there are some sins that I'm like, I just can't, I don't know how to get rid of this thing. There's an addiction there, if you will. There's a draw, and the addiction is that we fall all the time. How do we prepare for that? Well, there's different ways to do that. That would be a whole different show. How do I stop sinning the same sin? There's a preparation for that. There's a way to do that. It just has to be continued. It's kind of like going to the gym. If you're going every day regularly or very often during the week, you're going to build the muscle and it's going to stay there. If you stop going, if you stop preparing, the muscle's not going to keep. So those are things to consider. But here's my challenge. Before the break, I was telling our listeners I got a challenge for you. You know, when these satanic displays come up, when we're in the middle of Advent trying to really focus on the Christ child, what do we do? How can we do this? Well, this is what I would say. challenges challenge is, let's not wait till Advent or Easter to have this level of preparation. Let's not wait until then to say, hey, I'm going to prepare, um, or I'm going to battle this now. Wow, look, this came up. The satanic display came up. I can't believe it. I'm so shocked. Now I've got to do something about it. Here's the reality, folks. The biggest challenge is this for for us. It's happening every day all the time. It's just going to happen on a grander scale. The same way that Christ is happening every day all the time. God is happening every day all the time. Are we able to recognize that? Am I able to recognize God every day? Am I able to recognize the Christ child and the risen Christ every single day of my life? Whether we're in Advent, whether we're in Christmas season, whether we're in Lent, whether we're in the Easter season, those are great times that we specifically focus and commemorate that but in between time in ordinary time god is still happening the christ child is still happening the risen christ is still happening mass is still happening therefore since this is always happening even though we don't have a nativity display out all year we don't have beautiful statues of the risen christ out all year in our churches it's still happening well guess what the devil is still happening there's still going to be challenges. It's just he's going to meet up the the challenge. He's going to be like, I don't need to do such a big challenge right now. Why the big display during Christmas time? Because that's the time that we're preparing, that we start to celebrate, that we put big displays for Christ, and people's hearts are going to be moved. At some point, people are going to remember, gosh, yeah, you know, let's talk about Santa and the gifts, and let's look at all the Christmas uh, uh, movies and cartoons for the kids. And no, it's not about the presents kids, but Christmas is ruined when Santa can't get there. Well, the reality is every christmas uh you know spectacular i watch but it's not directly about the christ child it's all about how christmas needs to be saved because the sleigh was broken and the presents aren't going to get to the kids but when we fix it and you know, all the kids get the presents christmas was saved that's the message the message and and tell me that that's not a secular message the secular message is it's the gifts they don't talk about the christ child at all in some of these episodes you know when you look at rudolph the red Nose reindeer they don't say Gosh, we really got to bring Christ to the heart of all the kids and remind them that this is the birth of Christ and this is why they're getting these presents. No, there's a big snowstorm and kids can't get presents. That's a travesty. That's the big challenge for us as, as Catholics, as Christians, if we say we're going to celebrate Christmas, if we're going to say Merry Christmas, there's Christmas happening all year long in our hearts. Is Christ born in our hearts? And with that in mind, if we're going to be challenged all year, then the the biggest challenge I have for us is we should be ready to recognize that. Well, Dr. well, how are we challenged all year? I don't always see the satanic temple trying to put up a display. I don't always see them trying to put up a statue. No, we're going to be challenged even in more subtle and yet more dangerous ways. Because here's the deal. If you're already putting up a display like that, you're putting yourself out there and that's a risk. You know, all you're doing, the whole purpose of that display is to upset us. If we get that upset, I said I was shocked. I'm shocked every time by that because it's a reminder that, yeah, the battle goes on. But if we get upset, if I'm going to go and, and argue and fight and punch and kick and, and do all that, they've won. The, you know, I've lost. Why? Because that, that's not the purpose of the, of the Catholic. We're not there to, to become demonic ourselves. And that's really becoming demonic if I, if I don't have that charity for people. You know, if I go and if anybody tries to even go and assault somebody from because they're oh you're the part of Satanic Temple, I gotta take you down and start hitting, that goes against our Christian values. They're still the child of God. I can't fight another child of God like that. I gotta bring them back into the faith. We can talk, we can dialogue, and we can say, and my whole dialogue is just here's the gospel, this is the truth. That's all there is to it. And I hope that your heart changes to that. I hope that you don't choose to go in the other direction. Um, and let's talk about it. The at my nativity scene let me tell you what that's all about that's really where the, where it comes down to even exorcists will tell you in the middle of an exorcism they start to take delight in being able to torture and punish demons through prayer and things like that and you start getting delight in torturing another creature that's the diabolical mind that's diabolical psychology you start taking delight in somebody's pain i can't take delight in, in diabolical pain i just don't want them to bother me which that's going to be their nature Right. If they're in pain and whatnot, I can't say, Oh, good for them. This is what's so dangerous too, folks. This is now these are the, the challenges that we see every day. When you hear terms like, you know, somebody did something egregious, say the worst of the worst of sinners. Now, remember, Christ said his mercy is for everybody, especially where sin abounds. That's where grace is and mercy is even more. And they are even and somebody who's a, a serious sinner has even more right to God's mercy. That's all there is to it, because that's the whole purpose of God's mercy. God's mercy is not there for the perfect. There's no If you're perfect, you don't need mercy, you don't need forgiveness, you don't kind of don't need God, right? The only one who's perfect is God. That's where we can say he doesn't need us. But the reality is this. This is where our challenge comes in. I deal with egregious sins all the time in terms of, you know, my patients are all prisoners, they have very, very long rap sheets, some things that people don't even want really to talk about or know about. And what's the goal? Do I say, oh, no, you don't deserve medical treatment. You don't deserve to have anything. No, I can't say that. I got to say, yeah, let's see what happened here. Let's see how we can treat you. Let's get you back on the right path. As I do that in my heart, I'm always saying, God, please be with this person. Please change their heart. Please let them know what's going on. Our challenge is when we see something like that, when we see somebody like that, when we're faced with something and also you hear people's comments like they deserve to go to hell. And people say, yeah, that's so true whoa here we go this is the big challenge for us nobody i can't say that anybody deserves to go to hell one because i'm not god i don't dole out hell or not hell i can't say oh this is god's mercy you know you don't deserve god's mercy because i'm not god i'm not the one who doles out the mercy and god said his mercy is for everybody as a human being i'm going to react as a human being because i'm not perfect either but when you hear people say oh that person they deserve to go to hell or for sure hitler's in hell or this person's in hell we don't know that we don't know any of that. The church has never declared anybody to officially be in hell um, because at the end of the day, we have that conversation with God and God's mercy is infinite. That's one of our big challenges. Our big challenge is to say, where does the devil really pop his head up on an everyday basis? It's easy to see statues and want to tear them down. But am I in my heart able to say when somebody says that person deserves to go to hell or that person must go to hell, they must be condemned in my heart to say, you know, I don't know that. I'm not, that's, that has nothing to do with me. All I'm going to focus on at that point is I'm going to pray for that person because God's mercy is there for them. Hopefully their heart is prepared for that. And the other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to say, instead of focusing on what I think about other people and about what I think about their salvation, other than to hope for it, um, I'm not going to focus on that. Are there people in oh, Probably sure. Yeah, there's no question about that because we've heard from saints from different apparitions. I believe it. But what I'm gonna focus on is, is my heart prepared to meet God? Is my heart prepared to accept the child Jesus? Not just at Christmas time. This is the pitfall that we fall into. This is why we see so many of us Catholics just go to church on Christmas and Easter, because we feel that obligation and we feel that draw because that's when it's the biggest and we pay our respects. But why not throughout the year? Why not during the ordinary time? Is my heart prepared at all times? That's the challenge if my heart is prepared at all times, this is what I can tell you, I'm going to see these satanic displays and they're not going to affect me quite as much. It's going to be a big reminder that, you know what, I better go pray another rosary. You know what, I better go focus on, am I truly prepared to receive communion? Do I understand what that's all about? When I do go receive my communion, am I in such a state that I can't offer it to somebody else? That I can't say. You know what, God? I'm going to offer this communion for the souls in purgatory, for those souls who wish that they could uh, receive communion right now, who regret not receiving communion before. I'm going to receive this communion, hopefully, in the best state of grace that I can get myself in before your eyes and offer it to them. Put it in their spiritual bank, so that hopefully they can get saved today. And then while they're up in heaven, hopefully they'll pray for me too. <laughs> There's a little bit of a give and take there, right? Hey, I'm you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. So. <clears throat> But it's a beautiful relationship that we have with the community of the saints. After prayer, folks, we're going to talk a little bit more about what we are faced with this. How do we face each challenges? What is it that we can do specifically to make sure that we are prepared for the Christ child, for the coming of Christ? All right, folks, welcome back to the Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. Today, we are talking about how do we prepare for. War, the coming of the Child Christ. How do we prepare our hearts, especially in the Advent season? But more importantly, how do we prepare when we are going to be challenged? This is the biggest problem. You know, it's easy to be Catholic when we're not challenged. It's easy to, it's easy to be in the state of grace when you're not tempted. You know, it's easy to to have that. You know, a lot of times, I some some of uh, it's it's easy to critique critique, I should say, famous people who you see um, you know, say gentlemen who are famous with a lot of power and all of a sudden you find out that, oh my goodness, they have um they they have so many women flocking to them. They've been with uh, a lot of women, they've been with, you know, they have all these girlfriends they are living this life of just hedonism and sin and they're doing drugs and um all these things are going on in their lives and they're famous and they're rich. And why is it that God has not um struck them down? Gosh, if they have all these great things. Um, and it seems like they're having a good life and they're having a good time. Why can't I? What's going on with that? That's an easy challenge to fall into, and in fact, it's easier to just condemn them and say, oh, they're just such sinful people. I can't believe that. They must be going to hell. This is where we need to slow down and say, hey, I don't know what level of temptation is coming their way, and I don't know that I've ever been faced with that. You know, if you were a billionaire and you had people coming at your door and all this money and you had all the access to... Hedonism and it seemed like there was going to be no consequences and you had the all the pleasures of the world um, Before you and you could indulge in them without anybody telling you anything because nobody tells the rich much um, You know, that's just a fact of life regardless of who you are, you know, or you have fame fame is another big one Right money fame people know you people want to get close to you They're, That's very very common um, How do you handle that? I don't know and I don't want to be in that position uh, because temptation comes your way and it's so easy to fall i can't judge that i can't judge that i can say that that for the most part that's just what happens you know we see that pattern over and over um somebody famous big life of sin why is that because that's that's what happens in the world we get too worldly and our soul starts to turn to that our mind starts to turn to that and more than anything else that's what we have to remember before I can prepare my heart for the Christ child's birth, before I can prepare um, truly for the birth of Christ in my heart, I need to prepare my mind. This is our big challenge. This is where I have to be ready to react mentally. And what I mean by that is actually to not react, to really, when I'm faced with challenges, I'm preparing for Christ, I'm preparing for Christmas. I'm not going to, I got to prepare my mind to not react. It's like a boxing match. I'm not a big, big boxing fan, but I, I've enjoyed seeing a few big matches and big names and things like that. I remember in my youth, uh, back then it was Mike Tyson, who was the big guy. And gosh, that was, you can't even say those were boxing matches. Those were boxing seconds. Um, but the reality is how do you prepare for that? Well, you know, you're going to get punched, but you got to go in there and you can't be afraid. And you got to realize that you've prepared in such a way that our battle is much quicker, but our battle has to be in the form of the way Christ taught us to battle you know, Christ was crucified. I'm not saying go get beat up. I'm saying, what did it take for Christ to come into the world, to take on human form, to be born, knowing that his mission was to die and sacrifice his whole life for us, never indulge anything of the earthly goods, and to realize that he wasn't even going to have a bed to lie on. Remember he said that? Don't say, Peter, I don't even have, you know, I don't even have a, a, my own bed i don't have a a roof over my head that i can necessarily call home um, here on this earth because that is not where my home is i think that that's where we need to start our preparation we need to start our mental preparation with whatever happens here that's not where my mind is my mind is towards heaven i'm going to see controversy here i'm not going to expect perfection here i'm going to see a semblance of perfection hopefully as we continue to reach heaven i'm going to try to perfect my heart because that's what God Jesus called us to be perfect as my heavenly father is perfect in heaven. But remember, perfection is in heaven. Here on this planet, on this on this journey that we're going through, we have to be ready to face challenges and to perfect perfect our hearts little by little. The important thing with that is this. How do I do that on the everyday? Am I just going to wait for Christmas? Am I just going to wait for Easter? Am I just going to wait for the advent preparation time or the Lent preparation time? You know, we could do that, but I would say this, that's a great place to start. That's actually the best place to start, because that's when we get excited about our faith. That's when we get excited about our faith, and that's when we can show other people why and how we are excited about our faith. So if you're in a family, I can only speak for myself, you know, if you're married, you have kids, you have a household, how do we prepare for Christmas? I would say you got to get a Christmas display. You gotta remind the children, let them see something. Remember, I said you gotta prepare our minds before we prepare our hearts. That's where the battle is. That's the battle the devil wants. If he knows that he's in he's taking up free rental space in your mind, that's going to translate into what's in your heart. That's all there is to it. Versus, no, I only want Christ to live in my mind. I only want God to live in my mind. I know what I know what's going on around me, but this the great saints, how they got to be great saints is their whole focus, their whole mind was only about God. They didn't want to even consider the diabolical in their heads. They didn't want to consider that. They didn't want to to have an iota of space in there. I just want to think about God and the wonderful uh, mysteries of God and the aweness that I need to have before God and the relationship that God has created with us and how amazing that is, and Our Lady and what she means in terms of my journey towards God and that she is my mother and that Christ came down as our brother and this is our God, this is the person who created us. That's the awe I need to have in my mind. That's what I need to keep focusing on because everything else is just going to deter from that and it's just going to put me in a bad place. How do I do that, especially for my kids? Well, I'm going to start with a beautiful manger scene. And in that manger scene, what we do in our household every year, we put up the manger scene, but there is no baby Jesus in the manger yet. We do not put that statue in the manger because Christ isn't born. It's not until the holiday. Remember, we're waiting. There's got to be an anticipation. There's got to be a waiting period of saying, this is going to be Christmas morning. I don't see Jesus yet. We have a beautiful nativity scene outside, and we don't put Jesus out there until Christmas day it doesn't happen um why because we need to be true to that we need to prepare our hearts if you already put the baby jesus out it's kind of like saying yeah merry christmas it's already happened no it's like me celebrating your birthday and you know three months before it's actually your birthday And you're gonna say it doesn't really mean much because it's not my birthday yet it's not my day to be celebrated jesus is the same way jesus is saying hey i want you to celebrate my birthday but do it right Get ready for it. Prepare for it. Think about what gifts you want to give me. Think about what you want to have in in our household, in your household. Think about your children and what they're going to have and how they're going to be preparing. What's in their hearts? So All they know is that Santa's coming Christmas morning. Well, how's that part of my birthday? You know, in our household, definitely there's a major scene. And we wait to put the baby, the child Christ out, the Christ child out until Christmas morning. The other thing is this. I love this. I didn't grow up with this. My my wife grew up with it, and I think it was it's a great idea. And we do it for our kids. Christmas Eve, one of the traditions is we make a birthday cake. We make a birthday cake, and it's a happy, happy birthday, baby Jesus birthday cake. And we they bake it. They they bake it on Christmas Eve, and I believe they decorate it on Christmas Day because by the time I get there, it's already been done. And I'm like, how come nobody waited for me? (laughs) And they're like, well, Dad, because you're you know. You were reading you were doing this we don't want to bother you i think the kids just kind of like to do it on their own but i like to see it happening and the reality is i already know it's happening i see it happening i joke with them that they did it without me and that's part of the fun uh, but when it comes time to blow out the candle we put one candle because it's, it's the one day of the year and we don't, we're not going to put out there 2024 candles or whatever it is we put out one candle but when it comes time to blow out the candle everybody gets together around the cake and we all blow out the candle. It's not a, you know, super fancy cake. It's box cake, which I think are actually some of the more delicious cakes, but they do that and it's fun and they remember that. Yeah. It's a birthday. That's a birthday. Just like for everybody else, there's a birthday cake. That's our big tradition birthday cakes, right? That's it. You can't have a birthday cake on or you can, or you cannot have your birthday without a birthday cake. Baby Jesus gets a birthday cake, too. And we get the candle. We get the whole deal. We sing happy birthday to baby Jesus, do it in front of the manger. And it's a beautiful scene. And then that's when we put the ch- Christ child out. Because it's his birthday. We're celebrating his birthday. Really get our, ch- our children to remember that. It's beautiful for Christmas. It's a beautiful start for Christmas. What else do we do? Well, on the everyday, we carry this out. Now that we've got Christmas celebrated. And, you know, the girls know about Santa. They know about St. Nicholas. Um, which is important. Remember, he's one of the saints and he's there to worship the child Jesus. He's standing right next to us. He's not more important than us other than he's a saint. So the fact that he's he's been uh, called to the altar, he is a saint. And in that respect, he's in heaven. We appreciate that. And we know that he's in a higher spiritual place than we are for sure. But before the eyes of God, he's a human being just like we were. And it's something we can aspire to. But Jesus is still the big draw. It's the big deal. That's what it is, the child in the manger. Now. How do we carry this on on everyday basis? On everyday basis, we don't have a manger out every day because I would hate for it to lose its sense of uniqueness and specialness of the season. I have my little mangers out every day, small ones, but that's because I try to remember Christ every day, Christ being born every day. We do have, however, very special rosaries. So on the everyday, we pray the rosary. And we say, why are we praying the Rosary? Because we are thanking God. I'm not necessarily praying the Rosary to fight the devil and get him away. That's gonna happen. That's just a side effect of it. It's kind of like when people say, you know, gosh, I don't want uh, to invite demons into my life, but I'm gonna play with a Ouija board or I'm gonna do these things. And but it's not to invite them. It's gonna happen. You're objectively doing it. It's objectively gonna happen. The well, same thing with the Rosary. I'm gonna pray. And as I pray the rosary, I'm going to pray to get closer to God, to understand the gospel truths of the Christ, the life of Christ. That's really what the rosary is. It's just the gospel in a prayer, in a meditative prayer. As I'm doing that objectively, as I do, if I do that, it's going to happen. You're going to drive demons away. You don't even have to focus on that part. It's just going to happen. You don't want that to distract you from, what's my purpose of praying the rosary? My purpose of praying the rosary is to thank God that he gave us life, that we exist, that he's taking care of us while we are here on this planet that he is making sure that we have what we need. More importantly, hopefully, that he's making sure that we have what we need spiritually and that we appreciate it. This is how we don't get shocked every day. We make the effort to pray the rosary. We make sure that we go to confession, not just during Advent and Lent, but we go to confession at least once a month. For me, I like to go twice a week if I can, or not twice a week, every two weeks if I can, um, because that's what works, just schedule-wise, and you get graces. Even if you don't have people see people think, "Oh, I have to have major sins to go to confession." No. Sometimes you go to confession and just talk about what your temptations are. Talk about those moments where you feel like you were about to fail before Christ. Talk about those moments where in your heart you didn't always put God entirely first in your life. We do that on the everyday. If we do that on the everyday, these big temptations or these big displays from Satan, they're not going to disturb me too much because I am walking this other journey. I see the truth of God every single day. the kids to do that bring the kids to church bring them before the blessed sacrament that's what we got to do as a family that's how we prepare for the coming of christ pray the rosary go to confession receive communion go in front of the tabernacle and we can truly say happy birthday jesus because that's all he's asking for what kind of a gift can i do jesus the preparation of my mind which then in turn prepares my heart to receive during this holiday season there's no question about it folks presents are beautiful i get presents for everybody there's no question about it the idea of santa claus coming in and presents is showing up you know magically that's great it's all geared toward christ it's to do that so until next week all i have to say is truly happy advent and in the future we're going to say very merry christmas